Coosa Valley family. How are y'all doing this morning? Everybody awake yet? Or y'all still sleeping? Look, y'all had a couple nights like I have, you may still be sleeping with me. But no, I, I, I'm glad to be in God's house this morning. Glad to see y'all uh, smiling faces and wonderful faces in church. It's, it's great to be able to come together, right? It's great to be able to come together and worship God together as one family. Look, I know we may not be blood relatives. I know we may not be, you know, uh, relatives by marriage for all of us here. But you know what? We are God's family. We're God's family, and we are His children, and, and it's, 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 it's so great when we get to come together and worship Him. So this morning, as we, as we go and we're about to get into service, I just want to say thank you guys, first and foremost, for allowing Sister Elizabeth and I last Sunday to go and have a, a small siesta vacation, and, and last week, uh, it, it was very needed, very thankful, so just thank y'all, church. Y'all are awesome. Y'all are great, and we're, we're excited and glad to be back with y'all this morning, and uh, we just want to say thank you to you guys, but uh, guys, I'm ready to worship God. How about y'all? I'm ready to get my praise on, ready ready to get in the Word, hear what brother, hear what uh, God has blessed Brother Andy with to bless us with this morning. So if everybody would, let's stand in God's house, and let's let's pray to, let's pray to Him this morning in the opening service, and let's, let's just exalt Him, let's lift Him up, and let's praise His holy name, because He's worthy to be praised, He's worthy to be worshiped, and He's worthy for us to give all of our praise to Him. I, I, I guess I'm on a, on a give it all to Him uh, kick this morning. So let's give it all to Him. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You first and foremost. We thank You, Lord, for, for waking us up this morning, giving us our the breath that's in our lungs, God, and for allowing us, Lord God, the ability to get to Your house today, God, to, to get to gather together. With, uh, with, with like mind, God, with, with, with brothers and sisters in Christ, with, with, our, with our family here today. And I thank you, Lord, for that a very ability to, to be able to come and worship you, God, to be able to worship you and, and learn and dive into your word, God. And I pray, Lord, that, Lord, as we move into this service, as we move into to every part, Lord God, as we go through the worship, God, Lord, I pray you pour out your anointing on the very worship today, that you pour out your anointing on your congregation, on the people that, that couldn't make it here, God, that, Lord, due to certain circumstances and certain things, Lord, that they have to, Lord, they, that I pray that you touch them that are watching via live stream or even via recording, God, no matter when it is or, or what time it is, God, Lord, I pray that you just, Lord, pour out your anointing and blessings on us today, Lord, on us, on whenever, whenever it is, God, I pray that you just, Lord, pour it out, God, in a mighty way, Lord, Lord, anoint our singers, anoint our, our musicians, God, and I pray that you just, Lord, use them, God, to, Lord, lead us. Lord, into the very, Lord, worship of you of you today. Lord, God, I also pray for Pastor Andy this morning as he, as he presents the gospel, Lord, as he presents the very word that you have spoken. God, the very word that you have spoken for our lives, for our lives to be changed forever. And I pray that, Lord, you just, Lord, let it simmer down. Let it simmer into the, into the depths of our hearts so that we, Lord, will again leave changed than when we showed up, God. Lord, and I pray that you, Lord, speak to us on a daily basis. Lord, speak to us and let us learn. Let us, Lord, grow with you, Lord, every single day. God, and I pray again for, Lord, our church. I pray that you touch each and every one of them, Lord. There's needs in the house, and I pray, Lord, that you meet the needs of this house today. God, I praise you, and I give you all glory and honor. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Church, let's worship this morning. Yes, amen. Let's worship him in song this morning. Let's give him, give him glory and honor and praise. Yes. 
this morning. What has he done in your life that you can stand up and give him praise? No matter what I'm going through right now, no matter what I'm facing, I know that I've got a right to praise him. I'm going to thank him anyway. I may be walking through something right now. I may see a storm all around me. But I'm going to
Amen. Hallelujah. Let's start that one more time.
Glory be to God. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. God is good, ain't He? Amen. God is good. We have been over the last few weeks, well, I say few weeks, almost a month now, a little over. We have been talking and looking into the Word of God concerning keeping the blessings of the Holy Spirit of God in our lives. Amen. How many... How many wants God to bless us? How many wants God to bless us? How many wants to keep the blessings that God has given to us? How many wants to hang on to those? Amen. Somebody gives you a hundred dollar bill. How many is going to throw it in the trash? Raise your hand. If you do, there's an offering plate right, or basket right back there. There's your trash can. Come on, not the trash can for your paper for that $100 bill you want to get rid of. Come on. What we've got to understand is God wants to bless us. God wants to minister to our lives. But we have to allow God to do that. Y'all can't be quiet on me. Now listen, last Sunday we touched on an area that I'm going to just tell you something. I got in the, I, we got in the car, and I asked Sister Carrie, I said, Ooh, did I mess up? We was talking about financial freedom. I asked the question, how many wants financial freedom in your life? Everybody raised their hand. We all want to be... Look, we all, I don't care what kind of situation your life is in. I don't care how things are running in your life. I don't care how things are upside down or inside out. We all live basically paycheck to paycheck. Paycheck until the next one comes in. Come on. Oh, but Brother Andy, I know so-and-so's got a million dollars in the account. You told me, you show me who that is and I want to know them, okay? Here's the problem that we face. We have got to be able to manage our finances so that we have that financial freedom. Amen? We have got to manage our finances the right way in order to have financial freedom. And just to touch in on this really quickly because I want to tie this right in to where we're at today. What we've got to understand is if you're given your paycheck, you're given $1,000 a week, how many would say amen to that? One. Y'all must be making a whole lot more than that, okay? You're given, you're, your paycheck is given. You're taking home $1,000 a week. How many knows that you can blow that very quickly? Before you get to the bank to deposit it, it's already gone. You know how I know that? Power bill, water bill, grocery bill, car payment. <laughs> Diapers. I remember those days. <laughs> College students. We got several that's, that's shaking their head for that one. Come on now. What we've got to understand is through all of those things, we can still have financial freedom. Amen? One. We can still have financial freedom. Amen? This morning, I want to take a look at something. I want to look at, uh, we can have financial freedom, but we can also have freedom in our time. Freedom and our time. But our time has got... Y'all hear this? Y'all hearing this? Our time has got to be prioritized 
so that we can have good time management. Amen? How many knows that there's only 24 hours in one day? Raise your hand. How many thinks there's more? Sometimes I feel like it. There's only 24 hours a day, and we need sleep. Some can go on five and six hours. Some can go on less. Some has to have 12, and I ain't never figured that out. What we've got to, what we've got to realize and understand is if we manage our time in God's fashion, just like we can have financial freedom, we can have time freedom. Hello? So let's take a look at a couple of things. We all have stressors in life. Amen? We've all got stressors. We all have responsibility at home, work, school, church, and to add to those responsibilities, guess what? There's ups and downs in life that can cause those stressors to go through the roof. Because how many knows that nothing goes as planned? This last Thursday was the Ann's New Life Banquet. I arrive at 10 a.m. to help set up. Nothing when it's planned. I send somebody to the store to buy something. They're calling me. The credit card's declined. They ain't no way on God's green earth. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? But it was on a day that nothing needed to go wrong. And several things did. However, because of proper time management, Everything happened the way it was supposed to. Everything went off without a hitch. Everything happened right, and I even got a 10-minute nap. Come on now. Y'all, trust me, those 10, 20-minute naps are gold. Amen? What we've got to understand, if we want to keep the blessings that God's given to us, then we've got to have time management. But we've got to prioritize our time in the right fashion. Before we start, I want to give you an analogy. And I honestly started to set a table up and allow Brother Michael to do this. Then I said, no. You, so you just pretend. And he could have done it. Just pretend that this is what was going on. Okay? It, what we've got to understand, it, what, what, my, what my analogy was, was there's a table set up here. Okay? There was going to be a jar in the center of that table. On the table, there was going to be large rocks, smaller rocks, sand, and a bottle of water. Brother Michael's job was going to be put everything into that jar. Now, a professor did this, and this is the outcome. I have no idea what I, which direction Brother Michael would have went. I don't know what he would have put in first. 
Don't know what he would have put in second. Don't know what order he's thinking about it. <laughs> Large rocks, smaller rocks, sand, and water. What goes in first? They all will fit in, by the way. What goes in first? Sand. Second. Oh, wait a minute. First, all the sand. Okay, all the sand. Second. I know he can't visual. I mean, he's having to visualize this, so y'all just watch with me. Big rocks, okay. Sand. All right. Okay. 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 All right. Y'all, this is important. All right. Finish it off. All right. It almost would have worked the way he said it. It almost would have worked. A college professor, he had the right premise. And I'm going to show you something in just a second. A college professor did this to his students. Many of the students put the sand in first. Some poured all the water in and then started adding. Nobody could get everything in there. One even did it exactly as what Brother Michael just said. This is the way the college professor put everything in there. He said, the big rocks, a few of them. Smaller stones to fill in the gaps. Another larger stone, some more smaller. A more large, more smaller. Then the sand and shake the jar. Make sure all the rocks, the small stones, the sand... Make sure it's done. Then you're going to have a couple of pieces, a couple of things left. You pour the water in, which does exactly what Brother Michael said. It's going to dissolve some of the sand, but not all of it. Then you can finish it off. Then everything gets in the jar. Why is... Y'all, I really, really wish that I'd had this set up. But I kept fighting with myself about doing it, and it just time went away. Hello? I didn't do it. Here's what here, and I really didn't want nothing on the carpet. Here's why that is important, why that analogy is important. Brother Michael's, without doing, he was doing this visually in his mindset, and I'm sure that if he was able to have seen it hand in front of him, some things in his process might would have changed. Why? Because he would have been able to see the difference a little bit would make. Here's what we need to understand. Every day, every week, we have big things that takes up our time. Then we always... Everybody say the word always. Oh, come on, y'all, I'm deaf. Everybody say the word always. Thank you. We always find those small things that knock us off course, right? 
I know that having a flat tire is not a small thing, but if we're late to work, it's a small thing. Right? It's big, but it's a small thing to knock us off of our task that's getting to work on time. Right? And there's so many times that we have our day planned out with the big things that we allow the small things to interfere with us doing what we need to be doing. Day to day, issues come up and involve the use of our time. It seems that our clock is the biggest enemy because those hands keep on ticking and nothing stops them. How many times have you ever been at work and it was a, nobody ever says this at work, Everybody in here knows the word word I'm fixing to come out with. You do not say this at work. Amen? Everybody knows what I'm fixing. It was a slow day. The moment you say that, everything happens. No, I do not believe in superstition, but I'm telling you, it happens all of the time. I have no idea why. Everybody knows I work part-time at a funeral home. There's a big green chalkboard. Yes, I'm wanting to change it to a wide erase board. It's a chalkboard. There's a big green chalkboard. The number one rule, you do not wash that board. Why? Because you're going to fill it up very quickly. Brother Andy, that's superstition. No, I have no idea why. It always happens. There are things... Look. My daughter will tell you, I cannot leave the house without an ink pen in my pocket. This is not superstition. And somebody's going to come to me after church and say, you're very superstitious. I am not being superstitious, but every time that I... It has nothing to do with the ink pen. It is planning ahead. When I don't do that, and I let something fall through the cracks, things happen. Every one of us is in that predicament, right? Every one of us, you're thinking on those days right now that everything turned upside down. And it messed your time up. And guess what? That clock, tick, tick, tick. It don't stop. I even tried to take the batteries out of it. What we must do is there's several things in our life that we need to do in order to make sure that our time management has the right priorities. First, we have to set our priorities. we got to set our priorities. Now church, I'm going to be real bold and real blunt. If there is something in your life that is taking its place ahead of God and His church, you better change your priorities. I got two. God has got to be first. Hello? You cannot be effective in time management if your priorities are not set. You cannot do everything at the same time. Trust me, I've tried. And as energetic as I am, I don't have the energy 
to do everything at the same time. I never forget it. I would, I would text Brother George Masters. Sometimes, and I knew I could do this so y'all don't get mad at me. I, sometimes I'd text him at 10 o'clock at night. And I'd tell him, I'm clocking out for the day. I'm tired and I'm done. It was a joke between me and him. There would be days I would not know when the start and the end time would be. However, I knew a lot of things had to be done. And mine and Brother George Masters' joke was, is, I've clocked out for the day. Now I'm going to volunteer. <laughs> but we still cannot get it all done at the same time. You must manage the order in which items fall if you want to get things done. You cannot be effective unless you set the priorities in order. On your calendar, for the week or for the month, you must place those big items that cannot be moved and then fit the small items in place in a proper fashion, but you've also got to leave space for the sand that gets in the way. I'm not a beach person. I am not a beach person. Do you know why? Can anybody guess? Thank you. Sand. I'll deal with you after church. Sand gets in everything. <laughs> it gets in places in between my toes and it need not be there. I'm not a fan of sand. But on our time management, sand gets in the way. Hello? But sand is always going to happen. The biggest, most important item that you must place first is God, His church, His Word, and everything else falls into place. When you place God first, it seems like you've got more time in the day. Everybody remember, well most people will remember, and this has probably been about three years ago, I left the house at 4.30 that morning. And I knew the items on my agenda for the day. And I was thinking, there is no way it can all get done. I had five hospitals to visit, seven people in the hospital, and I thought, how am I going to get to everybody throughout the day? During the course of the day, Two more had to be sent to the emergency room. And I was thinking, it ain't going to happen. At the ending of the day, I arrived home at 11.30 p.m. Yes, I said 4.30 a.m. I arrived home at 11.30 p.m. I visited every hospital. I visited every person. This was pre-COVID. And for the record, I slept like a baby. Miss Katie did not rock me to sleep. Nobody had to give me a bottle of warm milk. 
I went right to sleep and I slept for eight hours until the phone rang. The fact of the matter is, is we must put the big items first. God has got to be there. Brother Andy, none of that's biblical. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 tells us, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and God's righteousness. Then everything else of life will fall right into place. Everything else in life will be added, but you've got to seek God first. Amen? The second thing in time management is something that we don't, some, some people don't like to do. The second thing is we must build relationships. Hello? Come on. We must Brother Andy, what does that have to do with time management? I'm, so, Brother, I'm so glad you asked. I'm just going to tell you. We must take a look at the Word of God and find out what did Jesus say about building relationships. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22, 36 through 40, He said, somebody asked Jesus, said, Teacher, Rabbi, Master, Messiah, Lord, what is the greatest commandment in the law? Now they was trying to go back. They was trying to trick him. They was trying to play a trick on him. But watch what Jesus did. You can't play, you can't trick Jesus. You can't you can't you can't trick him. He said in verse 37, he said, "You shall love the Lord your God." Relationship I have told y'all I'm so sick and tired of religion. Come on. I am tired. Brother Andy, you're a preacher. You're supposed to be all about religion. I am sick of religion. Hello? I am tired of religion. I want a relationship. Come on. He said, you love God, have a relationship with God, and that relationship has to be with all your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind. If you put all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind in that relationship, what's left? No, what's left in this? You put all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind, what's left? Nothing. You put everything into your relationship with God. Then what's next? Verse 38. This is the great and first commandment. Without, verse 37, loving God with all your heart, your soul, and your mind, you can do nothing else. Why? This is the great and first commandment. What's next? The second Love your neighbor. Notice it does not say with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Hello? Why? Because my heart, my soul, and my mind already belongs to... Oh, come on! Somebody's going to get something. When we love God and we have the relationship with God, 
everything else will fall into place. That relationship with God is key and most paramount. You'll love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 40. These two depend on the law and the prophets. In other words, God is telling us, you know what Jesus just said? Do you know what Jesus just said in this verse? This is what he said. Go back to verse 36. Watch this. Y'all read this in the DEL version. Watch this. No, it's not on the screen. I'm telling you. 36 says, Hey, God, Jesus, Son of God, which is the greatest law of the 613 that we're supposed to follow? Verse 40, you know what Jesus just said? Verse 40, He said, God gave man one, stay away from the tree of life, don't eat of it, because when you do, I'm going to kick you out of paradise. Man couldn't live by that. Then, man, then God gave man ten. Man said, we need more explanation. I guarantee you there was a lawyer involved. Come on. Hello? And God said, okay. In all of everything that God did, He put those ten together and He said, all right, I'm going to explain it down to you. Man couldn't live by one. Man couldn't live by ten. Man couldn't live by 600 plus. So what did Jesus say? Since you can't do all this, I'm just going to make it simple again. Do these two things. Give God your heart, your soul, and your mind. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you can't do that, I don't know what's going to happen to you. But if you want the relationship, you've got to start with God. Amen? Let's go on. In these two, we find a relationship with God and a relationship with everybody else. Why is relationships important? Do you know why relationships is important? How many has ever had a thief come in your house? How many has ever had a thief come in your house and they didn't take anything? That's a rarity. We had a thief. We had a thief come in our house at Mom and Daddy's house. And you know what they took? They took the pitcher of Kool-Aid out of the refrigerator. They took a glass of it. We know that because the glass and the pitcher was broke on the floor. Take anything else. And they dropped the pitcher and it was all over the floor. And it was steep. Because we didn't believe. And sugar water, what are they going to do? They're going to steal and they're going to destroy and if you happen to be at home, they may try to do harm. Oh, doth disappears. Stuff doth gathers mildew. It can go away. But a relationship with God, if we hang on to that, will never disappear. We must take time to build on those relationships, first with God and with everyone else. But if our relationship with God is primary, Everything else will be easy. Will you always get along with everybody? No. There are people I love to see. And there are people I love to see go. Come on now. 
There are people. Oh, brother, and you can't say that. Tell us who it is. Uh-uh, not on your life. Because you'll run and tell them. There are people, when I look out the window, pretend we're not at home. I can talk to them through the doorbell. They'll never know. I'll go out in the backyard and say, I'm not in the house. Brother Andy, that's mine. No, I'm out in the backyard. I've never done that. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to use an example. Now, the next time somebody rings the doorbell and I do that, It'll be Brother D. Owen and he'll say, Aha, uh-huh, I know you're out in the backyard. Y'all, look, what we've got to understand is I realize there are people that you're going to have a great relationship with, and there are people not so much. But if your relationship with God is primary, God will help you in those relationships with those folks. Amen? Come on now. We've got to understand that we need the relationship with God. What does that have to do with time? Because if we've got right relationships with everyone around, with the people around us, and our relationship with God is primary, then that will help our time management. The third thing that we've got to look at is we've got to know how to plan. You've got to take time to plan. How many has ever heard the phrase, hope for the best, plan for the worst? How many has ever heard that? How many has ever lived by that? How many believes that that's a false statement? How many believes that that's not in the Bible? Luke chapter 14. Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 30 says this. Which of you is going to build a tower, a house, a plantation, a model car, And you do not plan ahead. You're going to sit down and you're going to count the cost. And you're going to see if you've got enough money and enough resources in order to complete the project. Right? Boy, it sure would look awful fun if you sat down to build a house and you only had a third. When it rains... Go to verse 29. If you don't count the cost and you do not plan ahead, you're going to lay a foundation and not be able to complete it. And those around you are going to start laughing. Half of you did when I just said that. Half of you did when I said, boy, it would be funny if all you had was enough to complete a third of the house. Verse 30. Ha, ha, ha. That man began to build and was not able to finish. Let me tell you something, church. That applies so much in ministry, it's nowhere near being funny. I've had people to come to me and tell me they would like to start or operate or or start to work in X ministry. And they have not Counted the cost. Let me tell you something. In case you did not know, ministry has a cost. One agreed with me. So I'm going to say it again. Ministry has a cost. 
I don't care if your ministry is pulpit ministry or a prayer warrior, a student pastor, student leaders, children's directors, nursery director, tech. I don't care what usher, greeter. What? Toilet bowl cleaner. That's very important in the ministry of God. Amen. No, it's not. Who wants to go in a dirty bathroom? Those areas have a cost. Brother Andy, I want to just be a prayer warrior. There's no cost involved. That's the one that costs the most. Because I'm going to tell you something. You cannot come into this altar and pray with folks if you have not got a hold of God prior to coming here. Hello? You must count the cost. Let's go on. Let me ask you a question. I hope nobody lies. How many of you plan to be here today? How many of you planned to be here today? You know what? I did too. Yesterday, I planned to be here to teach Sunday school, to play the drums, and preach this morning. However, the beginning... No, don't tell her I said this. However, at the beginning of the week, the plan was that Sister Amanda was going to teach Sunday school this morning. But don't you tell her that I'm bringing this up. Oh, I forgot they was watching. I'm waiting for the text. No. Now I won't see. The plan was Sister Amanda was going to teach this morning, but something changed and she had to go out of town. So then I planned to teach. I planned. If I schedule someone else irrelevant, I planned someone else to on schedule. I plan to teach. I said 20 months, but I really don't know how long it's been now. 20 carry two minus class that I needed to. I have planned to teach Ignite students, Brother Michael and Sister Elizabeth's class. I have planned and I have actually taught Sister Amanda's class. I have planned and I've also scheduled somebody else and then planned myself to teach the adult class. We also had a backup plan where no Sunday school classes would meet and everybody would be in the sanctuary. We have planned ahead. Why? Because we need to know what's going to lie down the road. Oh, but Brother Andy, we don't always know. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Don't jump ahead of me. What we must understand is if we do not plan, this, the, have, how many has ever heard this one? Poor planning on your part does not constitute an emergency on my part. Anybody ever heard that? I live by that. Since I plan to teach today, y'all ready for this one? You ready for this? Regardless of who was supposed to teach Sunday school today, who was supposed to preach today, the plans was I was going to plan to teach 
if I needed to, and I planned to preach. Since the plans was I was teaching and preaching, I did not schedule a grocery trip today, even though we all know I don't grocery shop. I did not plan a picnic. I did not plan an out-of-town event. I did not have any other plans other than I planned to teach and preach. Brother Andy, are you saying that we cannot go on vacation? I did not say that. Brother Michael and Sister Elizabeth went on vacation last week. However, in their plans, they planned all of their responsibilities to be covered. That's all I need to know. I ask not for minute details. I ask for one, two, three, four highlights. Who's doing what? That's all I need to know. You can ask both of them. However, we're going to talk in a minute about plans changing. That was the plan, and guess what happened? They went on vacation. That was planned. What we've got to understand, I'm so glad y'all went on vacation last week, I get to use that. I'm so, what we've got to do is we've got to plan ahead. So how did I plan? I set an alarm for last night. We all know that I don't need one to wake up. I planned and prepared sermon outlines, Sunday school outline. I posted it on the website, entered it into Worship Extreme, made sure the air conditioner was turned on. Can I get an amen? Let me say it again. Planned the air conditioner to be turned on. Can I get an amen? Oh, come on. Y'all need to be louder than that. I'll turn it off. I'm kidding. All of that was because I planned ahead. Perhaps planning would help in all areas of our lives. We know when Christmas is going to be, don't we? Does everybody know when Christmas is going to be? It's the same date every year. We should plan ahead. But how many is going to wait to six weeks or six days prior to Christmas to go get your Christmas? Oh, Jesus, never mind. We need to plan ahead. This is why Sister Carrie does not allow me to shop. Why is planning ahead important? Proverbs 21 and verse 5. In the ESV version, it says this. The plans of a diligent person lead surely to abundance. But everyone who does not plan comes into poverty. But I want you to look at something. Look at the message version of that verse. Proverbs 21 and 5 in the message. This, look at what this version says. This version says, Careful planning puts you ahead. Hurry and scary puts you further behind. Some of you have got businesses that you, that you own and operate. If you need a hammer on your business, how many plans to take your hammer with you? Come on. We also, in all of that, we also need to take time to organize. We need to take time to organize. I'm going to ask some questions and I don't want you to answer because, oh Jesus. How many of you 
look for things. Let me take my glasses off. Now I can't see nobody. How many of you look for things you misplace? I can't now look. And now I can't look for spouses hitting their spouse. How many of you look for things you misplace? How many of you leave and forget things you should have taken with you? I'm not talking about people like myself that's OCD and want things in a certain place at all times. Now I should have heard an amen from my wife and my daughter. My tape measure is still in her room. I asked her last night, Katie, where's my tape measure at? Where's it supposed to be? My toolbox. She didn't ask that. I'm saying that. But where was it at? Hey, where was it at? Next to my TV. Y'all, it's comical. She's still, look, she's still using it, Donald. It's fine. I'm glad it was in there. She's still using it. Here's the point. Yes, I'm saying that comical. I'm that guy. I like things in a certain place. Why? Because if they're where they're supposed to be, guess what? I can find them. I'm talking about organizing your life so that you're not spending time looking for things you need. Remember time and remember to plan. Organize your life so that you can find the things you need. Luke 15, verse 8 through 10 says, talks about the lady with the coins. What about a woman having ten coins? She loses one, and she turns the lights on, and she gets the broom out, sweeps everything in a pile, and digs through until she finds it. And when she finds it, she has a party. Just as like this lady rejoicing over finding the lost coin. Look at verse 10. There is joy in the heavens above over one sinner who repents. When you organize your time, you organize your... Look, I am not asking anybody to be OCD like me. Amen, everybody. But what we must understand, now look, I have been in some of your homes, some of your offices, and some of your work vans. It is, it is not organized like I would put it, but guess what? I don't have to use it. I'm not going to tell you who Dion is, but I asked him where some, well, he was at the house and he was working, and guess what? I asked him where something, he needed something. I said, where is it at? He said, in his, I don't even remember what it was. He, he said, it's in the van, but I'll go get it. I know why. He knew right where it was organized, where he could find it. He's grinning. Church, I'm not telling you to organize your stuff like me, but it's got to be I'm not even talking about stuff. 
We've got to organize things in our life so that we can find those things. Last thing, really quickly. Remember a moment ago when I've talked about, what all have we talked about? Katie, can you hit all of those? One, we've talked about setting our priorities. Number two, we've talked about building relationships. Number three, we've talked about taking the time to plan. Number four, we've talked about taking time to organize. Let me tell you something, church. All of these are a reflection on our life and on ministry. I'm not going to ask how many, been, how many of here, in here is in ministry because the answer should be all of us. All of us have a job to do in ministry. The Bible does not say the high priest, the bald-headed pastor, or anything of that nature is supposed to go out into the world and preach the gospel. But what the Bible says is for all of us to go and bid them to come to the house of God. We're all in ministry. And let me tell you something. Just like all of these things are relevant, the number five, the last thing is extremely relevant. And we've learned this in the last 20 months, 20 plus months in COVID. The last item is we must learn to be flexible. I remember a few weeks ago, maybe, maybe longer than that now. Some of you was already getting ready to come to church on a Wednesday night. And then I think it was close to 3 o'clock in the afternoon. A decision that I really don't ever like to have to make was made. We sent the email, the text, we called. We, I think we sent a few carrier pigeons. We had to cancel church that night. Church, if there's one thing that we have learned in the last almost two years... Hello? If there's one thing we've learned in, almost, in the last almost two years is that in all areas of our life, we must learn to be flexible. The unexpected is always going to happen. I would have never dreamed I would have said that until now. No matter how much you plan, no matter how much you organize, no matter how much you prioritize, things can happen and you must expect change. This outline is something that I hope and pray that those in leadership in this church are going to take to heart in their homes, their work life, and in church. We must all learn to be flexible. I know people who spend hours setting priorities. I know people that plans ahead in months in advance. I know people that set goals and they can achieve a whole lot because at the end of the day they're saying, God, your will be done.
But I also know people that spend hours setting priorities. They plan. They set goals. And they never achieve anything because they're not flexible. Matthew chapter, 20, chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16, 24 through 27. If anyone would come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever saves his life, that same person's going to lose it. But whoever loses his life, in other words, says, God, here I am, a willing vessel. Take me, use me, set me to the side, set my priorities to you for my sake. That person will find it. For what will it profit if you gain the whole world and lose your soul? The Son of Man is going to come with His angels and the glory of the Father. He'll repay each person according to that that He has done. I want to ask you some questions this morning. I want to ask you something. This morning, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I want to ask you some questions. I want you to go ahead and start spending some time praying to God right now. Asking God to touch in your life. Because every one of us needs God to move. I want to ask you some questions. First question is this. Are the priorities in your life where God wants them to be? Is something ahead of God in your life? Do you have priorities ahead of God in your life? The second question are you allowing your relationship with God to be first and paramount? Is your relationship with something else ahead of your relationship with God? Number three, is God first in your planning? Are you plan or do you plan to ask God at the very end? Is God first? Or do you wait to the end to ask God? Number four. Has God organized your life? Or are you still making a mess and doing it yourself? Has God organized your life? Or are you making a mess and doing it yourself? And finally, this morning. Are you flexible enough to allow God's will be done? Or are you trying to make your plans the solid rock in which your life is built? Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you this day, God, I know that this may not be the jump up and down, run the aisles, walk the pews, service that some might would be expecting. But God, last week, last week, last week on our finances, 
and now talking about our time management. God, these are areas that we need You to work. And we need You to move. But God, help us. Help us to be who we need to be. Help our lives to be what it needs to be. Help us to be flexible. To allow you to rule supreme in our lives. God, I thank you and I praise you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Live feed, thank you so much for being a part of our services. Join us back this afternoon at 5 o'clock as we continue our study in the book of Revelation. May the good Lord bless you as our prayer. Amen and amen.